Hello and welcome to the First of Year College Football Podcast. My name is Dylan Callan Crowley. I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Hazan. We're back at it for another week of college football action here in 2020. Finishing up week 14, heading into week 15. Just two weeks remaining in the college football regular season before we get into the limited bowl season. And as we head towards the college football playoffs in just, um, I guess, would be a little over two weeks, Anthony, uh, or three weeks. But uh, another weekend done, Anthony. Uh, any quick thoughts on this past weekend before we uh, go into the bowl rankings? I mean, the uh, college football playoff rankings for this week. I mean, last week had some pretty interesting games. Uh, Louisiana beat App State. That was kind of a good game on Friday night. Um, you had Texas A&M beat Auburn to stay at, at the number five spot in the rankings. Uh, I think one of the best games of the week was definitely uh, BYU Coastal Carolina, in which Coastal Carolina pulled quite the shocker and pulled out an impressive win over BYU um, with a pretty much a goal line stand not a goal line stand, but they stopped them basically at the goal line on the last play of the game to secure a victory. And uh, Coastal Carolina is making a serious bid for that New Year's Six spot as a power five. Who would have thought? Or a group of five. Yeah, they're giving the playoff committee something to think about now. That was a phenomenal win for them. I I will be honest, I wasn't a believer in the fact that they were going to be able to beat BYU, especially after having to prepare for – uh, who was it that they were preparing for? Uh, Troy, maybe? I forget who they were preparing for. But they had to prepare for one team for most of the week. And then they turn around and had to prepare for BYU on, on like, with two days. And, and they did phenomenally defensively. They did enough offensively. It was just a phenomenal game from the Shauna Clears uh, completely. Oh, yeah, no, this team is for real. Uh, they're a, they're a good team. Uh, I'm a huge believer in Grayson McCall. I think that matchup was everything we wanted it to be and more. It was uh, scrappy football. Obviously, Coastal Carolina getting into it with uh, Zach Wilson. They kind of bullied him all game, whether you um, are against it or not. Uh, it was it was hard, tough football, and it was it was quite probably one of the best games of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, it was definitely a great game. It was fun to watch uh, from start to finish. Uh, it, it lived up to all the expectations. Uh, if you're Coastal Carolina, I mean, it's your best win ever probably as a program. And if you're BYU, uh, well, you uh, said you were willing to go and play anybody here uh, in the, these final weeks uh, to try to improve your odds into a a, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. And uh, it, it just didn't work out. But, I mean, BYU's had a phenomenal season not, Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, keep their heads high. They, they lost to a really good coastal team. Uh, and, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, but you ready to get into the uh, uh, playoff rankings? Actually, just one more game I want to talk about real quick. How about the How about Indiana? How about the Hoosiers? Going on the road, yeah. taking on Wisconsin, and beating them 14-6. to A hard-fought defensive game. And they, and they didn't have Michael Penix Jr. either. They yeah. did not have their starting quarterback. And they go into Wisconsin and beat the Badgers. What a team. Obviously, yeah. with everything that went on with their first game, you know I'm a Penn State fan. That was a tough loss. But to be able to watch this Indiana team kind of blossom like this, it's been honestly really fun to watch from just a fan's perspective. What a team. It has. They've been uh, phenomenal all year. I mean, they, they 
came the closest to beating Ohio State out of anybody, uh, and probably will, and that'll probably be the same way. Because uh, I don't think Northwestern is going to give Ohio State much of a game in two weeks in the Big Ten championship. Uh, but uh, yeah, great game by uh, Indiana. Uh, without Michael Panix, Tuttle did just enough, and then I mean. Uh, the other thing this brings to me is one, we have to calm down the Graham Mertz hype train. Uh, he looked good against Illinois and Michigan, two of the worst defenses in the Big Ten this year, uh, which is kind of hard to unbelievable say when you think about Michigan, but it's the truth. Uh, since then, when he's faced better defenses, he's just not been the same at all. Um, uh, I mean, I still think he could be a very good quarterback, but there were people out there saying that once Justin Fields left uh, this offseason, that Graham Murch is going to become the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And I just don't think that's uh, true right now. Uh, I, mean, I don't think it's uh, close to being true. I think right now, going into next year, if once he is healthy, I think Michael Penix is the best returning quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, agree? Oh, Michael Penix is the best returning quarterback by a mile. Uh, I don't see anybody out there who can compete with him. Obviously, maybe somebody transfers in to a school like a Michigan or a Penn State, and then maybe we go from there. But at this point, it, it's Michael Penix and then the rest of the field yeah. in terms of next year. But uh, Graham Mertz, um, I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, I think he he's going to be a good quarterback, like you said, but this is just his first year. It's, it's a, a wacky pandemic year. Um He's had some some first-year starter moments. Uh, he's been great in some games. He's been bad in others. And I think as Wisconsin, you're just going to ride that wave. Obviously, Jack Cohn is still there. Uh, will he be there next year remains to be seen. But personally, I think Graham Mertz is going to be the guy next year for them again. I don't know if you're Jack Cohn, how you can go back to Wisconsin. Uh, but yeah. um, I, I think he'll be fine. It's just he needs to take a step forward next year. Yeah, another thing with Wisconsin is uh, it seems like every year we're ready to crown Wisconsin as this playoff contender, Big Ten championship contender. And let's be honest, this this program may be the program that chokes the most in all of college football. They yeah, are more, I, they're, they're the most talented team in the Big Ten West. By far. They're the best team in the Big Ten West by far in terms of talent, coaching, and all that, in my opinion. But every time they, – but they can't handle adversity. Anytime they have a game where there's any type of adversity, they end up collapsing and usually losing. Yeah, I think a lot of times that that is the truth, for sure. And I, it's, it's just semi-annoying because I know next year we're going to – not us necessarily, but – just college football analysts and experts and all those people are going to be saying how Wisconsin is this elite team that has a chance to do this, this, and that. And I bet you five, I bet you more than five bucks. I bet you quite a bit that come this point next year, uh, we're going to be talking about Wisconsin the same way that we're talking about them right now. A good team with a ton of potential that just can't get it done in the big games. Yeah. I mean, well, they'll have Penn state week one next year. So uh, we'll, we'll see we'll what this Wisconsin team is made of. Right 
Oh, exactly. for sure. And, you know, it's the two teams with uh, not question marks at quarterback per se, but two teams that need to find that quarterback identity going into next season. That's for sure. It's going to make for an interesting first week matchup. I fully agree. Uh, let's get into college football playoff rankings. Uh, so the top six, Anthony, remain unchanged. That means Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, Texas A&M five, and Florida six. Uh, so I guess going off this, let's first mention that the Big Ten on Wednesday changed their rules about the minimum, minimum number of games that you have to play in order to make the Big Ten championship because oh, number uh, four, Ohio State was going to be left out of the Big Ten championship game uh, because of COVID-related issues, not necessarily just them, but other teams have had to cancel games against them this year. They were not going to meet the minimum number of games of six. Now they're in the Big Ten championship game, and they'll play uh, Northwestern in two weeks for a Big Ten championship so congrats to Ohio State for doing that. I don't think it's uh, un- it's non-shocking for what the Big Ten did. It makes sense. Get your best team into a position to make the college football playoffs. I know a lot of Michigan, Penn State fans, or really Big Ten fans in general, are going to have a lot of grief or gripes with it. I understand those gripes, but at the same time, from a Big Ten's perspective, you get your best team that chance to be in the college football playoffs because you you want that college ball playoff money and you want your best teams to be showcased and have that potential to bring home a national championship. From that perspective, it makes sense. I know everybody really has gripes with it. The only program I think that has a gripe, should have a gripe with it, is Indiana because they have potential uh, of winning that Big Ten championship now taken away from them, uh, even though they were well-deserved of winning that or potentially uh, challenger for that. Agree? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, listen, out of the three games that Ohio State had to cancel for COVID-related reasons, only one of them was because of Ohio State themselves. Uh, the other yeah. two was the other t- teams. So uh, Maryland yeah. and Michigan and um, Illinois was the one that Ohio State had to cancel because of their own COVID reasons. But yeah. so that that's one game. And I don't think it's fair to keep Ohio State and that Ohio State team out of the uh, the Big Ten championship game because of other teams getting in the way. Um, they they're yep. they're still the best team. Uh, they beat Indiana, so they beat they beat the other team that would have been in the Big Ten championship. And as deserving as Indiana would have been, Ohio State won the head to head. So in my opinion, yeah. uh, they they deserve to be in. And I, I think it's fair that they made this decision. Obviously, everyone's going to gripe that, oh, Ohio State is the golden child. Uh, they're the only team that the Big Ten would bend the rules for. And those people might 100% be right to say that. We don't know. And we'll probably never know. Because hopefully we'll never have to deal with this type of season ever again. Because personally, I'm ready for it to be over. But um, I, I think they did the right thing. Um, all the circumstances and all the situational analysis show, says to me that Ohio State should be in this game. Yeah, I fully agree. And the other thing is, is I think even if Ohio State didn't wasn't in the Big Ten championship, there's a really good chance they're going to make the college football. They're we're going to make the college football playoffs anyway, uh, because uh, I think without a doubt they're one of the top four teams in the country. 
and uh, I think the committee uh, has shown that they even despite the cancellations Ohio State's already had this year. Yeah, I agree. And we could talk about that for a little bit because I think looking at the top six, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, A&M, Florida, yep. I think Alabama and Notre Dame, win or lose in their championship game, I think they're in. I don't think there's any way, unless Notre Dame gets knocked, gets beat by Clemson by like 30, 40 points, which I don't see happening. Yep. I think yep. Alabama and Notre Dame are pretty much locked in. Uh, Clemson is interesting because Clemson has to beat Notre Dame to stay in. If they do, they're a lock. If they don't, I think Clemson gets knocked out or has yep. the potential to yep. get knocked out. And then we kind of go up the pecking again, order. If Clemson I, loses again, they're out. I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, Ohio State's kind of sitting in that fourth spot. You know, I you know, win and you're in, you would think. But the, the wild yeah. card for me there is Florida. What happens Agreed. if what happens if Clemson beats Notre Dame and then Florida beats Alabama? How do they rank yeah, them? I, I, well, here, here's the problem with that. And I was actually just talking to my dad about this uh, last night. That is the ultimate nightmare scenario for Ohio State fans and Ohio State in general. You, Florida beats Alabama and Clemson beats Notre Dame. Uh, enough, uh, not enough, but not bad enough that Notre Dame gets knocked out. Because then... I think Florida has to make the college football playoffs, obviously, because they won the SEC. It's the best this year. It's the best conference in college football, probably. I think, without a doubt. Uh, Alabama, you're going to knock them out after just one loss to the SEC champion, who had just one loss on the season themselves. I, I can't see them doing that. Notre Dame, if they have one loss and it's to Clemson, but they also beat Clemson, I think you. You can't knock them out. And that leaves Ohio State the odd team out there, also with AM. But in terms of ranking those guys, I think you'd have to rank them in a way that maybe doesn't make sense uh, in reality. But at the same time, it, like, are, I can't see them ranking them in a certain way in which we get in the. Uh, in the uh, semifinals, another ACC versus ACC and SEC versus SEC matchup. Like nobody wants to see Notre Dame versus Alabama round three uh, in 2020, unless it's in the national championship game. And you mean Notre Dame Clemson? Yeah. Notre Dame Clemson. Sorry. Uh, in the ACC championship game. And nobody wants to see Florida, Alabama in back-to-back games. Cause they're only going to be what two weeks apart. Um, so I think if those four teams win, you would almost have to do Florida one, uh, Alabama two, Clemson three, Notre Dame four. Yeah, something like that. I don't think it's going to be interesting if you have the ACC and then like the SEC games again, like you said. So you're almost going to have yeah. to rank them so that. But it's kind of crazy that Florida could potentially jump from six to one. Because I think we could both agree that A&M is just a placeholder at five. A&M has no yeah. shot at getting uh, into the playoff. Unless chaos happens here in the last week of the season, uh, I don't think uh, A&M has real, any shot. But uh, And that's a shame because A&M, I think, is actually no, – I wasn't a believer in them for a lot of the season, but I actually think they're a pretty good team here. 
and you look at their resume, they're actually one of the few teams in the top 10 that actually have a resume of a top 10 team this year uh, that would stack up any other given year. So I feel bad because to, uh, to, to a point for Texas A&M because they are a very good team. They beat Florida, who we're talking as a potential number one seed now. Uh, so, yeah, it's unfortunate for A&M. But, yeah, Florida could go from six to one really quickly here uh, this season, which, like you said, would be uh, insane and, uh, I think, uh, unprecedented in the college football playoff. I guess – I guess it could get interesting because I guess A&M does have a path. If I guess if um, Notre Dame beats Clemson and then knocks Clemson sure. out, that could put A&M up. And as long as Alabama beats Florida, Florida can't jump A&M. But then there's also Iowa State, which would be interesting. What if Iowa State beats Oklahoma, wins the Big 12 championship, and then you have a – it's almost like back in 2016 with Penn State versus Washington kind of. You have a two-loss Big 12 champion – versus a one-loss A&M with no SEC championship. Who you put in there? That that would be that would be that would be an intriguing scenario. I I would probably lean A&M because they played in the tougher conference, have the least the lesser amount of losses uh, and I think have just been the more I have felt more confident that AM is a elite team this year than I have uh, Iowa State. Iowa State's been good uh, since they lost their second game, uh, but they still I, – I still have questions about them. I, I don't know if they could stack up well against any of those playoff teams right now. So I, I think I'd lean A&M, which uh, like they did in – uh, 2016 with Ohio State and Penn State, they they went uh, Ohio State in that situation. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, in a in a in a year like this where uh, pandemonium and craziness has reigned supreme, I would not be surprised if something wild happens in conference championship week, and we're going into that playoff rankings week with some absolutely crazy scenarios. And I'm here for it. Uh. Also in the rankings, uh, I think we talked about the playoffs on enough. So seven, eight, nine, ten is Iowa State, like you said, Cincinnati at eight, Georgia nine, Miami ten, eleven is Oklahoma, and twelve is Indiana. So those that rounds up the New Year's six uh bowl position. So looking on the outside right now, from the outside, is Coastal Carolina at thirteen. I believe let me look. Does Coastal Carolina play this week? I'm not sure if they do play this weekend, they but do. They, they do. They do. They play. They play Troy this weekend. Okay. Indiana does not play this weekend. Indiana had their game canceled due to COVID issues within the program, which means Indiana may not play next week in the uh, Big Ten's uh, East First West week, which I, I actually think is really cool, um, and I think it would be awesome if they were. We'll do it every year. I know it's not going to be a thing going forward, but I think it's really cool nonetheless. That being said, if Coastal wins their next two games, will they get the bump into the New Year's Six pitcher over Indiana? I don't know if they're going to have to worry about it because there's ways for them to get in without Indiana. If Oklahoma loses to Iowa State, Coastal Carolina gets the bump. 
If Miami loses to North Carolina this week, I think Coastal Carolina gets a bump over them. I think there's ways for them to get in no matter what. Um, if they're 12 and 0 going into uh, the New Year's Six playoff decider, I I think they probably should get a New Year's Six. I mean, is, is it going to be pretty? No, they'll probably get destroyed. But I I'd, I'd love to see it happen. I think this is a team that deserves it, and I think that win against BYU proved to me that they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, they beat a very good BYU team there. That I mean, that BYU team is one of the top, I, I, I still think one of the top probably 15 teams in the country. Yeah, no, I I agree. They're, they're sitting at number 18 yeah. right now, but I think they're, they're a quality team. They go toe-to-toe with a lot of good, a lot of the top, a lot of the top 12 teams in the country. Yep. Um. Anybody else in the ranking you see worth talking about? The USC moved up five spots to 15. Iowa is at 16. Uh, Louisiana's up to 19. Um, we did see Texas enter at 20, Colorado 21, and Missouri at 25 this week as well. Yeah, USC can make things interesting, bless you, because obviously – they're four and zero right now. Uh, they'll probably be in the yeah. Pac-12 championship game. Obviously, I don't think the Pac-12 gets anybody near the playoffs, especially with Oregon getting out or, and looking really bad this year. But you know, USC could make a push toward the New Year Six as well, especially if they win the Pac-12 championship. They could. They're another interesting team, and I mean, uh, I don't think they've looked dominant this year, but I mean, five and up. What is it? Were they four and Four and is four and zero. It's, and the only thing that matters is those wins, uh, no matter how close they are. Yeah, a um, win's a win. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And, I mean, props to Eli uh, – uh, drink, drink. Why can I not remember last name? Is it drink or darker weight? Drinker weights? Honestly, I'm blanking on it too for some reason. I mean, you're talking yeah, about Missouri's Eli, head coach. Yeah, Eli Drinkwich. I, I think it's pronounced. Uh, Eli, we'll call him. Uh, he's done a great job with that Missouri team this year. Uh, I know Arkansas has gotten a lot of the uh, notice around the country for how they've played this year. Uh, but he's done a phenomenal de- job there for Missouri and uh, again them into a top 25 team this year. And I, I, I think that deserves more recognition. Yeah, no, I agree. Missouri has been a little bit of a surprise this year. Uh, they've definitely, they've definitely done some good things and uh, they definitely deserve a top 25 ranking, at least at the very back end of it. And, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for what they've accomplished this year in an all SEC schedule. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to other college football news. Uh, got a cough here. Give me a second. <clears throat> all right. Uh, sorry about that folks. But, uh, LSU has self-imposed a one-year bowl ban uh, for this season, Anthony. You mean in the year year where, yeah, you said. They were not going to make a, probably not going to make a bowl. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. What type of horse uh, crap is this? Yeah, you could say it. It's horse shit. But, um. Yeah, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just a mercy plea to the NCAA, basically saying, please don't give us any more additional punishments. We know we did wrong, 
and we we're, we're good little boys. We deserve uh, candy and toys in our stocking, not coal. No, the, it was LSU was a team that's falling apart at the seams right now. Um, I don't know if you yeah. saw with a a Reek Gilbert, their star freshman yeah. tight end. He has left. He has opted out the rest of the season. Is considering transferring because he's homesick. Uh, whether or not he's actually homesick, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's been a really rough year, and I'm sure a lot of college kids are homesick. But there's also been a lot of news that that program is basically falling apart and Coach O has lost the locker room. So believe what you want. But, uh, yeah, no, this is absolutely ridiculous, and I, I think it's, it's complete and total crap that they're actually potentially going to get away with this in a year where they weren't getting a bowl invite anyway because they're one of the worst teams in the SEC right now. One of the worst power five teams in the country. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a major fall from grace. It was really last year was really just a win at all costs, and I I really think uh, Ed Orgeron made a deal with the devil. I, I really do think that, and uh, well, I don't really think it, but you know what I mean. And it's uh, it's time to pay up for Coach O. <laughs> I forget it was last year, the year before, but I wrote that Orgeron was going to be a horrible coach hire for. LSU, and then I didn't think he was the man for the job, and and obviously I got proved wrong there for a little bit, but I'm starting to feel vindicated for that that thought process because. And me and my dad were just kind of talking about this with the Eagles, actually. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, this year are absolute trash, and uh, talk, talking about if Doug Peterson could get fired this year, and we're like. We're thinking about how coming in this year, we never thought Doug Pearson get fired because he just won that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And Eagles made the playoffs three years straight. But if you look at Peterson's record as a head coach, the outlier isn't this season. The outlier is that Super Bowl season because outside of that Super Bowl season, he's a nine and seven head coach. He's Jeff Fisher. So with Orgeron, I, I think the outlier is that national championship season. Yeah, I think the argument could seriously be made that it wasn't Orgeron, it was Joe Brady, it was Dave Aranda, it was his assistants around him that were top-notch elite guys, and they were the reason. And, of course, you can throw in the fact that they had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all of these elite defensive pieces, and it just all came together for this magical ride for LSU and for Ed Orgeron. But it doesn't necessarily everything have to be that Ed Orgeron was the reason for that. Exactly. I mean, historically, Ed Orgeron is not a good head coach. No, he's a, he's kind of just more of a CEO than a head coach. And that really yes. hasn't panned out this year either. Yep. And I think losing uh, Dave Arnada, Aranda, sorry, uh, is may have been the thing that just tore everything apart. I think it was a combination. <laughs> I'm just having Brady and Burrow too, but yeah, I was going to say that, that played a huge part. That was the though. last straw. Losing or why, why can't? Why am I going back to that pronunciation over and over again? I don't know. Dave Aranda, uh, I think losing him was kind of the last straw, though. Yeah, because that defense has been brutally bad to watch this year. So it was I'd the say, yeah, that broke the camel's back. Per se, 
Yeah, and Bo Pelini has been a terrible hire. I think he gets fired at the end of the year, personally. He's been awful. I think he has to. I think he has to at this point. I mean, that defense has just been abysmal, period. Um, let's see if there's any other quick college football news to talk about. Um, I do not believe so. Um, any other games from last week you want to talk about before we get into this week's schedule? No, pretty much Coastal Carolina, BYU, and uh, Indiana, Wisconsin was all I wanted to cover. So let's just get into the games this weekend. Got some interesting games coming up. Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. We have uh, a lot of interesting games coming up, to say the least. Um, we will start, I guess, uh, Saturday because there's no uh, top twenty-five games on Friday. Um, Number one, Alabama takes on Arkansas. Alabama's a 32-point favorite uh, and into Fayetteville. Mac Jones is making a run for the Heisman here at the end, and I, I, I think I'd actually give it to Mac Jones at this point, even over Kyle Trask, though I think it's going to be very close. Um, so, yeah, Alabama, 32-point favorite here. Uh, give me Alabama here, Anthony, and the points. Uh, I, I think Arkansas is good. But I think Alabama's kind of been a team on a mission the last few weeks. And I think uh, they're going to come out and really lay uh, the wood, per se, on uh, Arkansas here. You know, uh, the Heisman conversation is going to end up being Mac Jones versus Kyle Trask. And, you know, yes. fair enough. They've been, they've been very elite this year. And they definitely deserve to be the centerpieces of that Heisman conversation. But one guy... I think I know where this is going. Yes, I think you do. That I really, really, really want to get more Heisman love is Devontae Smith. He has been out of this world good for Alabama. In a year where Jalen – The most electric player in college football, in a year where Jalen Waddell, the the other star receiver for Alabama, uh, fractured his leg at a really bad injury in a game. Uh, Devontae Smith has stepped up and been – he was already extremely good, and we all knew that. He was the guy that caught – to his pass in the national championship to win the game. We knew he was good. He has taken it to another level this year. And even if he doesn't win the Heisman, he deserves to be in, in New York City or at the virtual celebration, however they're doing it this year. He, he deserves to be there because he's been that freaking good. But back to the actual yeah, I game itself. I think Alabama's going to torch Arkansas. Will it be by 32 points? I don't know. I could see Alabama resting the starters at the end of the game because they know they've got Florida the next week. So I can see them kind of letting off the gas a little bit and maybe Arkansas backdoor covers. So I'll say Arkansas covers barely, but Alabama's going to steamroll them and try to get the starters out as quickly as possible. All right. I think it's a totally fair assessment. Um Moving on, number nine, Georgia takes on number 25, Missouri, in Columbia, Georgia, a 13-point favorite here. Oh, um, I will say give me Georgia to win, and I say they're going to cut. Yeah, give me them cover. I think they win by by 14 to 17 points here. Yeah, I think they figured something out uh, with JT Daniels. Uh, I think they look like a completely different team. They look a lot better. Um, I I think Georgia's going to win and cover this one. Uh, Missouri's a a solid team, and they've done a lot of good things this year. 
and they deserve a lot of credit for that, like we said earlier. But I think Georgia's a lot better than Missouri, and I expect them to win on the road by at least two touchdowns. Agreed. Uh, moving on, number 11, Oklahoma against West Virginia, 12 p.m. Uh, Oklahoma, 14-point favorite. This game's on ABC. And before we uh, get to your prediction or predictions here, uh, Georgia-Missouri is on the SEC Network and Alabama-Arkansas is on ESPN. But, yeah, Oklahoma-West Virginia, ABC, 12 p.m. Oklahoma, 14-point favorite here. Uh, what are you feeling? I, I, I was somebody who was on uh, the Mountaineers to play Iowa State close, and I got proved incredibly wrong in that one. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going for Oklahoma to cover here. I think one of the most underrated turnarounds of the year has been this Oklahoma defense. They started yeah. off incredibly bad on defense, laughably bad. Their tackling was awful, and that was the reason why they lost a couple games at the beginning of the year to Kansas State and Iowa State and almost lost to Texas. But that defense has really turned a corner, in my opinion. They look a lot better. They look a lot more disciplined, and I think that's the reason they're in the Big 12 championship game right now. Um, give me Oklahoma to win and to cover pretty easily here. Uh, West Virginia was a team like you that I liked, and then I saw them play Iowa State, and they got absolutely boat raced. I'm kind of expecting not as bad as 42-6, to but I think that Oklahoma should win this game pretty easily. I, I agree. Um, 12 p.m. ESPN 2, we got – Illinois traveling to Evanston to take on number 14, Northwestern. Northwestern, a 14-point favorite here. I'm going to go Northwestern here to win, but Illinois to cover Anthony. I, I just can't tw- trust this Northwestern team with a double-digit spread. They've only won one game this year by more than eight points as their season opener against Maryland. Besides that, their biggest win, of course, is just eight points. The last time out, they lost to Michigan State. This Illinois team isn't great, but it's also proven to be a, a team that at least has a heartbeat. And I, I, yeah, I just can't trust Northwestern with that big of a spread against a team that at least has a heartbeat. I mean, we're not talking about, I guess, the only team without a heartbeat in the Big Ten right now is Michigan. But uh, yeah, so I'm taking Illinois to cover here, but Northwestern to win. Yeah, this is a good Northwestern team, and I think they're they're a lot better than Illinois. But like you said, they haven't won a game by more than double digits since the first game of the season. So I'm I'm actually with you here. This Illinois team has kind of impressed me the last couple of weeks. Uh, they beat Rutgers. They beat Nebraska. And then they played Iowa fairly close. They only lost by two scores, and that's a really good Iowa team, a top-20 Iowa team. So yeah, give me North, give me Northwestern to win. Uh, they're at home; they should win this one pretty easily. But I, I think that uh, Illinois is going to cover. All right, three o'clock, Coastal Carolina versus Troy. Well, Coastal Carolina goes to Troy, I should say. Uh, ESPN Plus, Coastal Carolina, thirteen and a half point favorite here. Troy five and five on the season for those who don't follow the Sun Belt. Uh, Coastal obviously coming off a big one against BYU, Anthony. Uh, this, I feel, is a trap game almost for Coastal. You're coming off the big emotional win over BYU. You are just a spot out of a New Year's Six Bowl. So you, Coastal Carolina has to come into this game ready to go because Troy 
is a quality program. They will be ready to take down Coastal if they give them the opportunity. Uh, but I think Coastal, Coastal is going to be ready for this game. Uh, for that, that program's been ready for the moment all season, it seems like. So give me Coastal win and give me Coastal recovery here. Uh, and uh, let's see the Shauna Clears get one step closer to the New Year's Six. Yeah, I think in terms of a Sunbelt team, Coastal Carolina has all of the ingredients to uh, be very successful. They they are incredibly well coached. They have a really good quarterback, and they're hungry, and they know what's at stake. So I think that Coastal Carolina is going to win this game, and they're going to cover, and they're going to go into championship week with a lot of confidence, and they're going to be in prime position to take a New Year's Six bid. Yeah, and they uh, have a chance to be uh, the. I think right now they're the only double-digit win team in the country, as well. Uh, uh, Notre Dame is, is also ten and up. Uh, and, uh, well, they have a chance to be the only team that finishes regular season perfect, at uh, plus ten and up. Yeah, well, I, yeah. <laughs> what's sure. Alabama at nine? Alabama. Uh, uh, never mind. Fuck whatever I just said. I was way off the reservation. Uh, but still, Coastal Carolina has a chance to go 12-0 and in the regular season. That's phenomenal. Yeah, no, they, it would be quite the year for Coastal Carolina when nobody nobody had them on their radar starting off the year. So, dream season for them. All right, moving on. 3.30 ABC, number 17, North Carolina travels to take on Miami in Miami Gardens. Uh Miami three-point favorite. Uh, North Carolina has been a weird team all year. They've been hard to pinpoint of who they are or what they actually are. That being said, I think there's a better team here uh, than Miami. I I think Miami is a quality team, but there's a lot of questions there. And when they face better talent, they often struggle. I know they only have one loss this year, that being the Clemson. But I think they take loss number two here at North Carolina this week. I think Sam Howell has a big game. Uh, and I just like the Tar Heels outright here. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you. Uh, this Miami team just kind of feels like a pretender to me. Um, you know, they've had a good year. I'll give them a lot of credit. But I feel like a lot of it has just been Derek King uh, being Derek King and just making plays. And that's been the difference between the 6-6 six and six team we saw last year and the current eight and one team we see this year is just a good quarterback. Yep. Uh, but a lot of those holes are still there. And I think there's still a lot of question marks on that Miami defense. Uh, but I agree. I'm still with North Carolina to win outright. I think this is a game that they get. I think they're a more talented team. I think Sam Howell has a great game. All right. Um, 3.30 PM. Um, ESPN doesn't have a uh, channel listed. So I'm assuming it's going to be either uh, Fox Sports 1 or the Big Ten Network, considering the teams. But uh, Wisconsin versus Iowa. Uh, Wisconsin travels, I should say, to Iowa City to face the number 16 Hawkeyes. Iowa started as the favorite here. Wisconsin is now the favorite at minus one. Uh, earlier this week, I was all over the, the idea of Wisconsin winning this game outright. I think they are the better team. But uh, – like Northwestern, I don't know if I can trust Wisconsin. And Iowa's a team that's playing very hot football right now. Uh, 
So I'm really not sure which way to go with this one. I, I want to say Wisconsin wins, but I have a gut feeling that Iowa is going to find a way to win this one. Yeah, no, I'm actually going to go with Iowa straight up. Um, I see Wisconsin's a one-point favorite, so this game is virtually a toss-up at this point. But I think Iowa's hot at the right time. I think Wisconsin's on a little bit of a cold spell, having a little bit of a, an identity crisis. Um, I'm going to go with Iowa to win this game at home. All right. I, and I will go there with you. I'll be in unity with you there. Uh, so give me Iowa to win this game outright. Uh, and, you know, who knows? But maybe by the time uh, it it is kickoff, this, uh, this spread changes back towards Iowa. I wouldn't be shocked. But for now, it is gone towards Wisconsin. And uh, usually when – because I think Iowa is actually a two-point favorite at one point. So this has really changed – already by three points and when it changes that much i like to go against what the public is betting because it's obvious they're betting wisconsin right now so yeah give me a i would have won this one outright and we'll move on to 4 p.m game espn2 number 20 texas goes to lawrence kansas to take on the kansas jayhawks who are looking for their first win of the season anthony kansas once beat texas not that long ago do the Jayhawks do it again? No. Texas, by the way, 29.5-point favorite. Yeah, uh, listen, that's a big line. I'm not sure if Texas wins by 30 points, but they did beat Kansas State very, very easily last week. Was it like 69-31? It was a very convincing win, especially for a team that definitely uh, has some question marks about their coaching situation going into next year. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk with, urban meyer and you know would he won't he it looks like the answer is no he's not going to be texas head coach next year which leaves tom herman in a really interesting and peculiar situation what did they do with him so texas has its own struggles right now off the field but you wouldn't know it you wouldn't know it if you saw them play last week they blew the doors off of kansas state and i yeah they did and i expect them to do the same thing to kansas uh, do they win by 30? I don't know. That's always a tough one to call, but I, I, Texas should blow them out pretty easily. All right. Uh, I, I agree with you there. I think Texas is going to win this one. It's hard to say if they cover because that is a big spread, but outside of last week against uh, Texas Tech, Kansas uh, failed to cover the spread in every other game this year. So I'm going to actually take Texas to win this game. Uh, and cover the spread, um, which usually means they're not going to do so. These are honestly the games where Texas usually does somehow struggle more than they should. Uh, But I'm going to be stupid and go with Texas to win and Texas to cover. And we'll move on to 7 p.m. on ESPN. LSU travels to the swamp to take on number six, Florida. Florida, 23-point favorite. Florida's had a tough last few weeks in terms of covering the spread or at least waking up uh, to play games early on um, in terms of the actual game, not in terms of the day. Um, So I I like Florida outright here, Anthony, but I'm just not sure about the spread because they let Tennessee hang around. They let uh, – who who they play the week before hang around? But they've let a couple teams here the last few weeks hang around, which – makes me timid about the spread. This is an LSU team that we mentioned earlier is in shambles. 
Um, a lot of guys opting out, a lot of guys transferring. A lot of guys don't believe in Ed Orgeron anymore. They've kind of lost confidence in him. So I think that Florida comes in and blows the doors off of LSU. I think they win and they cover this one. Um, th- yeah, this, this this game could get ugly. I really do think that. I, I definitely see an avenue in which that could definitely be the case. It could almost it's uh, gonna it's gonna feel a lot like the Alabama game last week where it just it was just Alabama from the jump, and there was yeah. nothing LSU could do to stop them. I expect the same to happen this week with Florida. I think Kyle Trask is going to have a field day and potentially solidify his Heisman campaign with this game. All right. Well, with your confidence. I'm going to take Florida to cover this game as well, uh, which will allow us to move on to 7 p.m. on ESPN. You, we have number 22 Oklahoma State against Baylor. Oklahoma State just a five and a half point favorite. This Baylor team is not very good, Anthony. They are coming off a quality performance against Oklahoma, but I mean, this Oklahoma State team shouldn't have lost last week to TCU. I think they had five turnovers, but they couldn't capitalize on any of them. Their defense had five turnovers, that is. The offense couldn't capitalize. Uh, I know the Oklahoma State offense has been very poor this year from at least what we are used to seeing. That being said, this line just seems too small, and it seems too much of a given to me that Oklahoma State covers this game. I think they're a much better team here. And is there, could I see them coming out flat off that disappointing loss and losing, not maybe losing, but winning this one by three or so? Sure, but I also think there's a, a part of them that comes out uh, looking for vengeance, redemption, whatever you want to call it, and uh, try to win this game by as much as possible. Yeah, I expect Oklahoma State to at least win by a touchdown. I think the Baylor's yeah. not on the same level as Oklahoma State this year. Uh, give me Oklahoma State to, to win and cover. And it's not like that Oklahoma State defense is bad. So I think the defense will be fine against uh, the Baylor offense. I think it's just a matter of can the offense do enough at this point because it's just been kind of a disaster this year for the Cowboys. Um, but I'll take Oklahoma State to cover. Um, moving on, 7.30 on ABC, USC versus UCLA. At the Rose Bowl, USC a two and a half point favorite here. Anthony, UCLA, a surprise team this year under Chip Kelly. Uh, they've been kind of piss poor the last few years, but this year they're very uh, much improved, looking very good. USC, we've talked about earlier, a team that is undefeated, but has had a couple close wins here this season. Uh, with a two and a half point spread, I think USC covers this game, uh, but do you see a way UCLA can win this game outright? Um, I think there's an avenue for it. Uh, I think UCLA has been much more impressive than I thought they would be. They've definitely won some games that I don't think anybody really expected them to, and they've kept most of their games close. Uh, even their losses, there was a six-point loss to Colorado and a three-point loss to Oregon. So they've looked impressive this year. I still expect USC to win, but USC uh, did keep it close with teams like Arizona State and Arizona in their wins. So I could see this being a much closer game than people think, but I think, I think USC still wins by at least a field goal. So I'll, I'll take them to cover. 
Yeah, I'm taking USC to cover there. I think UCLA could make it a hell of a game, though. And I, this is actually going to be a really fun game to watch. It's, it's good for college football when LA has at least one really good team, and if UCLA is doing good too, uh, that's good for college football. I know LA, if LA, LA isn't much of a sports town out in reality outside the Dodgers and the Lakers. But when college football, when especially USC is good in LA, they're the they're one of the most popular teams in all of California. Uh, and UCLA has a nice little fan base of their own. Uh, but yeah, so give me USC to win here. This should be a fun game though. Um, USC to win, USC to cover. 10 p.m. ESPN two BYU hosts San Diego State and is a 16 point favorite here. Um, do you think BYU comes back off this loss and uh, lays a pound in here on the Aztecs? Yeah, uh, coming off a heartbreaking loss, um, I expect BYU to rebound. Obviously, sometimes after a bad loss, the team kind of falls apart. Or since they're heartbreaking loss, they kind of fall apart. They lose their motivation. You know, BYU's had a lot to play for recently. You know, now that their New Year's Six hopes are probably dashed, you know, they – they might lose their uh, their motivation to play, but I think that they'll come back and they'll end the season on a strong note, uh, winning winning this game and and covering. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I think you on paper BYU is the much better team here. They should cover this game up and to cover that spread, I should say. Um, and then that's all the top twenty five games this week. There has been a couple canceled. Those being. Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State was actually a 30 point favorite, which, if you consider it, Ohio State's usually about 30, 35 point favorite against a group of five teams. So basically, Vegas considered Michigan a group of five team in this game. I mean, um, it would have it played out like that. Ohio State was going to beat them by 50. So yeah. Michigan fans should be lucky that, uh, not, well, I shouldn't say lucky, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Ole Miss, Texas A&M has been canceled. Cincinnati, Tulsa has been canceled. And Purdue, Indiana has been canceled. Uh, but that's all the top 25 games. Let's go really fast through uh, the Power 5 games. I'll just give you uh, the teams and the spread. You tell me who wins and covers. Uh, big Start of the Big 12, only one non top 25 game this week. TCU versus Louisiana Tech. TCU obviously hosting TCU a 21 point and a half point favorite here. Uh, give me TCU to win Louisiana tech to cover. I'll say, give me TCU to win and cover. All right. Moving on to the big 10 Michigan state, Penn state, three thirty PM ESPN PSU a 14 and a half point favorite here. Give me Penn state to win Penn state to cover. I'll say Penn State to win, Michigan State to cover. All right. 12 p.m. Uh, no network yet. Uh, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nebraska, 10.5 point favorite. Minnesota, obviously, a disappointing team this year. Uh, that being said, give me Minnesota to cover this spread, Nebraska to win outright. I'll take Minnesota to win outright. I'll say Minnesota pulls an upset here. All right. Rutgers versus Maryland. Uh, I have no line on this game, but 12 p.m. Uh, who do you have here? I'm going to go with 
Uh, I'm going to go with Maryland. You know, it's funny. ESPN's matchup predictor, I usually, you don't go off this for much, but they have it as 50.5% Maryland, 49.5% Rutgers, which means that it's pretty much a toss-up. It's going to be a toss-up. going to be pretty close. There might not be a line because they're genuinely just – they just genuinely might have this game as a toss-up. But I'm going to say give me give me Maryland to win. Uh, they, they've, I think they've looked like the better team this year. But Rutgers, I would not be surprised if Rutgers won this game. No, I think it's going to be a very good game as well. Don't bet on this game is, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> um, oh, a very important game here. Uh, 3.30 p.m. CBS. We have the – Best, we have America's game here, Anthony. We have the best college football game every season. That is Army Navy. Unfortunately, it's not in Philadelphia. It is happening at West Point. Who do you got? Do you have the three and six Navy or the seventy-two Army? This Army team. This has been a very impressive uh, Army team this year. Uh, give me Army to win and cover. I'm also going to take Army to win and cover that seven-point spread. Uh, let's move on to the ACC. Thursday, so tomorrow night, we got Pittsburgh at Georgia Tech. Pittsburgh is a seven-point favorite here. Uh, I'm going to actually take Pittsburgh to win, but Georgia Tech to cover this seven-point spread. I will take Pittsburgh to win and cover. All right. Uh, 12 p.m. ACC Network, Saturday, Louisville, one-half point favorite hosting Wake Forest. Uh, give me Louisville to win. Actually, give me Wake Forest to win this one outright. Yeah, it's going to be a really close one. Um, I'm not sure which way to go with this one. I'm going to say, you know, I'll, I'll just agree with you. I'm going to take Wake Forest to win as well. All right. Um. That leads us to oh, hell of a game here. Uh, 4 p.m. ACC Network, Duke versus Florida State. Florida State a five-point favorite. I know Florida State's very bad, Anthony, but uh, Duke is pretty bad themselves. Uh, and that's why I'm going Florida State to cover and win this game. Yeah, I think possibly for the first time all season, I'm going to take Florida State to win and to cover. Uh, for as bad as Florida State is, this Duke team is worse, in my opinion. They just lost, what was it, like 48 to nothing or something last week? Yeah. yeah to Miami. They lost 48 to nothing. So, yeah, uh, give, give me Florida State to win and cover. All right. And then 8 p.m., Virginia at Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech, two and a half point favor here. I like Virginia in this one. I just I, – I don't – I'm not a big believer in this Virginia Tech uh, team right now. Their offense is very uh, suspect right now. Uh, and Virginia's coming off a nice win over a depleted but a good Boston College team. Yeah, um, Virginia Tech with a bad loss to Clemson last week, but, you know, everybody loses badly to Clemson unless you're Notre Dame. So um, – I'm going to take Virginia Tech in this one. I think they'll win and cover. Uh, I still think this is a decent team. Uh, they've just had their struggles. But give, give me Virginia Tech. All right. Uh, moving to the uh, Pac-12, sorry. Uh, 7 p.m. ESPN on Friday. We have Arizona State going to Tucson to take on Arizona. 
ASU an 11.5 point favorite here. Um, I'm going to take Arizona State to win this game, Anthony. And I'm going to take Arizona. I don't know who to take to cover here because Arizona, obviously not a good team. But Arizona State, only two games under their belts, both losses. It's been a, not the season Herm Edwards or uh, Sun Devil fans were wanting. Um, I will oh, – this is a tough one. Um, I think Arizona State's going to win. I think they're the better team. Uh, this is an Arizona team that's lost, like, what, 10 of their last 11 or something like that? This is a team that's in yeah. a bad shape. They've lost They've lost by 4, 17, 17, and 11 this year. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, – I'll take Arizona State to win in cover. Let's just – off right. a whim. Let's just go with that. All right. I, I, I like your whim of confidence there. Um and I, just to be opposite, I'll take Arizona on here, but I may bet Arizona State to cover. Um, or when I give out my official predictions, like I did this past week on the Twitter, uh, that'll be my final prediction, I guess. Uh, notably, I went 20-20 and 20 on those this past week, which doing it for the first time I think is pretty decent. Uh, that being said, moving on. 12 p.m. on Fox on Saturday, Utah against number 21, Colorado. I don't see a spread on this, do you? Uh, I see Colorado with a two-point favorite. All right. I like those odds. Give me Colorado to win and cover that. Uh, Utah coming off of a win over Oregon State. But I think this Colorado team is very good, and I think they get the win here over uh, the Utes. Excuse me. Yeah, no, this is a, an impressive – Colorado team, four and zero right now, ranked twenty one in the country. Um, I think that game against USC would have been a very interesting one to watch, but it got canceled. Uh, give me, yeah. give me Colorado just to win and cover. All right, uh, four p.m. Washington versus Oregon in Eugene. Oregon a six point favorite. Uh, give me Wash. Give me Oregon to win this one. Washington to cover. Yeah, in a normal year, this is probably a a top matchup in the Pac-12, a matchup that probably determines a lot more than it is this year, which is nothing. But uh, I'm going to take Oregon to win, and I'll take Oregon to cover. It's only a six-point spread for Oregon. Uh, I'll say they win by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. And 10.30 p.m. is been you, Stanford versus Oregon State. Stanford, a three-point favorite here. Uh, give me Oregon State to win outright. They're coming off a loss to Utah, but they had a nice fourth quarter to make it close. They beat Oregon the week before. Uh, I think they're the better team this year. Give me Oregon State. I'll take Stanford. I'll be the opposite of you. Give me Stanford to win this one and cover. And then finally in the Pac-12, we have California versus Washington State in Pullman. Cal, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're coming off the win over Arizona State. Uh, and I think they get uh, another win here this weekend. I agree. Give me Cal. All right. And finally, we move to the SEC, uh, which uh, 4 p.m. SEC Network, Tennessee, a 15-point favorite over the 0-8 Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, Harrison Bailey is going to be the starting quarterback in this one. Uh, give me Tennessee to win. Give me Tennessee to cover. Yeah, I think uh, I think Harrison Bailey is going to give this team a jolt of energy. 
Obviously, he played last week against Florida, but that's a rough audition. However he did, you can't judge him off of that game. That was going to be tough for any quarterback. But give me Tennessee to win and cover in this one. I think I think Harrison Bailey has a solid game, and I think uh, he'll get Tennessee fans excited about their future. And then finally, the last game, 7.30 p.m., SEC Network. Auburn traverses Starkville to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Auburn is six-and-a-half-point favorite here. Give me Auburn to win, Anthony, and give me Auburn to cover. I know Bo Nix on the road is a whole different animal than Bo Nix at home, but I think Auburn's the much better team here, and I just I, I still think Auburn's uh, good enough to cover this spread. I agree. This is a bad Mississippi State team. They've proven that time and time again. Uh, Auburn's not a great team this year, but I think they're much better than Mississippi State. Give me Auburn to win and cover on the road. And that's all the top 25 and power five games of the week, Anthony. Uh, before we go, uh, next week is early, starts the early national signing period, uh, starting on Wednesday till Friday. Um, I know we are going to be doing a special episode for that. Uh, but uh, anything you're looking at, particularly for on uh, in that early signing period? Um. There will be some, uh, I'm sure there'll be some interesting signings on early signing day. Um, you know, certain things. I think I looked it up. I, I think there's only like 11 guys currently scheduled to announce their commitments, which seems a low. Yeah, I know there are some guys that um, will probably sign on early signing day and then they'll announce like at like their All-American yeah. Bowl game. So whether it's the Under Armour All-America game or the the U.S. Army All-America game, they'll sign, but then they'll announce a couple weeks later. So you have to wait for that to go public. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see with the flip season because uh, I think flip season could get a little crazier this year than than it has been in years past. Uh, will certain guys jump ship from certain schools? Will certain kids jump up to a better program? We saw with uh, Penn State, they flipped uh, Harrison Wallace from Duke. Uh, you could see a lot more of a situation like that. You could see kids try to flip to a school closer to home. Uh, I think flip season is going to be the thing to watch this year. Yeah, and the top prospect committed next Wednesday appears to be uh, five-star outside linebacker Xavion Sori of IMG Academy in Florida. Um, he, it looks like, will be uh, choosing between Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Uh, so he's the top guy on the board uh, to come in next week. Uh, but there's a good amount of guys who are scheduled to announce. Uh, but other than that, Anthony, any last thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? No. Um, should be an interesting week of football, and I'm excited for uh, signing day next week. I'm excited to do that episode. As am I. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think with that uh, – Thank you for listening, everybody, to another episode of the First and Beer Coswell Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Be sure to like our podcast, subscribe to our podcast. Do whatever you have to do to help us grow our listenership base. We really want to grow this going into next season. Uh, we have a lot of plans for the offseason. I think it's going to be a fun offseason for us here at the podcast, and I can't wait for it to uh, uh, really get started. Uh, well, I'm going to miss football, but – I'm excited for what we could possibly be doing this off season, Anthony. So, uh, besides that, uh, yeah, thanks for listening again, and 
we will talk to you guys soon.